4: You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio, your hour of power, where we're living life like it matters. You know, you have one purpose in your life, and that is to give your life purpose. Hey, that's pretty good. Hey, Spencer, write that down for me. You have one purpose in your life, uh, and that is to find your purpose for your life. Now, I could save you a lot of time. If you want to know, just pull up close to the mic. Let me pull a little Joe Biden on you. Glorify God. Yeah. Did you hear me? I said, glorify God. Yeah, glorify God. That's the nutshell answer. But then you got to figure out how do I do that? What have I been given? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my opportunities? What are my threats? What are my struggles? And what are my drivers? And today we want to talk about that. You know, I love being on the radio. I got a face for radio. Uh, if you process that long enough, you'll laugh at some point, uh, but uh, I love the creation part uh, of the radio, and today on uh, Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to continue to focus on what we've been talking about all week, and if you think about it, I could put different names on them, you know, Good Grief Given Tuesday, I I could call it Keep It Simple Soldier, but really what I've been talking about are, are these things that we call drivers, you know, what What drives a person uh, is critical. It's critical knowledge. uh, It's critical uh, fuel because you have to tap into that. Do you know what drives you? Do you know what will get you up after a night of no sleep? Do you know what stirs you up? Consider from a good tree comes good fruit. From good soil comes good produce. It is from the foundation that everything grows. The bigger the structure you're building, the more time you got to spend in the dirt, right? Because if you build anything on a weak foundation, when the storms of life come, oh, you fool. But when you build on a solid foundation, then even when the storms of life come, you weather those storms. Even if you get knocked on your butt, you pick yourself up. You dust yourself off and you hit it again. And if it knocks you down again, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you hit it again and again and again and again because that's called courage. And what's lacking today is men and women of courage. Used to call it intestinal fortitude. Where has all the intestinal fortitude gone? It is from the foundation that everything grows as we're building our lives, our purpose, our passion, it is what and why we do what we do. And it's that that differentiates our lives. See, what drive you truly only matters. Think about this. You can say I'm driven by this, I'm driven by that, I'm driven by this, but I'm going to suggest something to you. What drives you only truly matters if you are willing to do something about it. See, when it matters, when it's important enough, you devote time, you devote energy, you devote your waking breath, your last bit of energy to the cause. And today I'm going to question you because that's what I do. A good leader learns to ask the right questions. The right questions will bring about the right answers. And so the question that me and my producer are asking today is mamba or meatloaf? It's so simple. See, life is a series of choices, and it is the sum of those choices that make us who we are. Because when you're in a box at the front of the room, when your life's actions to rehash, And you got people who walk up to that front of the room and talk to all those people dressed up so nicely, sitting in those pews, weeping, because you're not there anymore. Do you know what they're going to talk about? Your choices. Some will be stupid choices that they talk about tongue-in-cheek, silliness. Some will be big choices that forever change someone's life. Maybe it changed their life. That's why they're talking about you. Life's a series of choices. Those choices become our character. Dr. Martin Luther King said it best. I have a dream. And one day my four little children will live in a nation Where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. What Dr. King was saying was, don't judge me. And I pray that someday I'll live in a country where my four beautiful creations that God gave me will not be judged by the color of their skin. Now, do you hear what he said? He was a man of God. I'll see him in heaven. I'll see him on the sea of glass. He knows that it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. He knows that we're called to have discernment. He knows the shepherd knows the shepherd's voice. See, he knew all these things, that there is judgment. Judgment is part of this life. But he said, don't judge me or my kids based on choices that weren't mine. That's what he was saying. See, I didn't choose my skin color, neither did you. I used to say that kind of lightly when Michael Jackson was famous because he did choose his. <laughs> I didn't choose what sex I was born. I've been saying this for 30 years. Sorry, people. I know some of you think you can change your sex. No, you might be able to change your gender, I guess, or whatever, but you're still how God made you. God doesn't make mistakes, people. It's choices. Dr. King said, listen. It's okay to judge me by my choices. It's okay to judge my kids by their choices, because that's called character. Judge me by the content of my character, not by the choices I didn't make. See, I used to be in the insurance business, and there's a rule of 100, or I don't remember if we called it rule of 100, but it was something. What you do is you take 25-year-old kids, take 100 of them, line them up, put them against the wall. Go up to each one of them and ask them, are you going to be successful at 65? Are you going to to live the life that you want to live? And every single one of them, without exception, will say yes, 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 yes. They're all committed. They're all going to do it. They all believe it. It's equity. They're all starting at the same place. Well, technically, that's equality, right? Equality is when you all start at the same place. Equity is when you all finished at the same place. God doesn't believe in equity. He believes in equality. Treating all. Those 100 kids, line them up at 25 years old. You know what? 40 years later, by the time they're 65, only one will be rich. Four will be financially independent. 41 will still be working. And 54 will be dead or dead broke. So, why? Because people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. That's why. And I'm c- counseling one of my uh, ladies. Uh, I'm doing life caddy work, and she ha- has her own business. And uh, I question her, I go, What's your day like? And she says, Well, I get up, you know, rough in this time. I go, Well, do you set an alarm when you get up? And she goes, Oh, well, sometimes. I go, When do you set an alarm? She goes, Well, I set an alarm when I have something to do for that day. And ladies and gentlemen, she was honest. But let's be honest, none of us really set the alarm, and I'm talking about the alarm of our heart, the alarm of passion, the alarm of commitment, unless there's something to do. And today, we're going to talk about how do you get yourself motivated? How do you get yourself turned on with something to do? And you got to go to the drivers, you got to go to logotherapy, and at the end of the show, I'm going to teach you how to do it in a couple simple steps. I'm Black. We'll be right back.
3: it was going to be difficult. and I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness.
5: If you're ready to go to the next level of awareness, then go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, December 8th through the 10th. Details
6: at likeitmatters.net soaking up the sun in Fiji walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
1: get into the spirit at the fishtwincities.com FishTwinCities.com. it's a the world in the winter now for the soundtrack of the season, supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, listen in with the free Fish Twin Cities app. Twin Cities app.
3: We have heard on high
1: um, Peace on fun, fun,
5: fun,
3: fun. Can it be? Blue,
5: blue, blue, green
3: Wife, I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net
4: welcome back to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application today i'm posing the question mamba or meatloaf and if you want to know what i'm talking about then you gotta listen But Jesus said a lot to people, you have eyes to see but do not see, you have ears to hear but do not hear. You know why he said that? Because we are unconscious creatures. We only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously, the rest is at the unconscious level. We have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. We process 34 gigabytes of information each day. We have something like one tetrabike or zettabyte, whatever it was, of information going through our head every day we are confused, we forget, we are fear-based. Read the good book. It'll tell you. It'll tell you, man. It's right there. And so you got to know how you work. You'd never jump into a car without knowing how to drive it. My producer, Spencer Day, he's learning how to push those dials and whistles and put the levers and hit this button, hit that button. If I got where Spencer's sitting and he got where I'm sitting, he could do what I'm doing because I'm just talking. But I can't do what he's doing because he's got to know how the board works. And I don't know how the board works. Could I suggest that most people occupying that body called a human being walking through this life don't know how their board works? They don't know how they turn themselves on. They don't know how they turn themselves off. They don't know what stirs them up. And they don't know what shuts them down. They don't know how they're responsible, that no one can make them feel anything, that they must participate, that it doesn't matter what happens to us. What matters is how we explain it to ourselves. It doesn't matter. We experience life one time and then it gets codified. It's stored in our senses. Your brain is a sensory-based organ. Every single memory you have is stored in one or all of the five senses. That's the only way you can codify this thing called experience. It was something you saw. It was something you heard. It was something you felt, either tactilely or emotionally. It was something you smelled. It was something you tasted. It was either auditory. It was either visual. It was either kinesthetic. It was either olfactory or gustatory or some mixture of all five. There's no other way to store anything in your mind. Why? Because this is how your manufacturer made you. Why do you think the two greatest commands of the Bible, I go to this all the time, and this is not a religious show, you're just talking to a man of God, and from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You get me talking long enough, and the scripture's going to come out of me, because it's in me. The two greatest commandments in the Bible, and this is not religious, this is just intelligent. If you know how to run the machine, you can run it more efficiently, more effectively. Why do you get better gas mileage on the freeway than you do in the city? Because on the freeway, you just go. In the city, you stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Trepidation, fear, passive-aggressive, Minnesota Nice. Oh, he's such a nice guy, bless his soul, and then the finger goes up, right? <laughs> ah! But you wait till the person's not around before you put the finger up, right? Yeah, it's called passive-aggressive. It's called a little child. And it's called being human. And see, so you got to know how you work. And today we're talking about drivers. Logotherapy, see, this is not an opinion show. I love Sean Hannity. Love Laura Ingram. actually like her better. But they're opinion shows. And I wish I was there, had their fame. I wish I had their audience. Uh, I wish I had their looks, actually. <laughs> but this is not an opinion show. Follow the science. You're learning transactional analysis. You're learning neuro-linguistic programming. You're learning multiple intelligences. You're learning logotherapy, uh, emotional intelligence, canine, constant, never-ending improvement. The biology, theology, psychology, ecology, sociology wrapped up in some theology. But it's life. How do you move yourself? How do you inspire yourself? I, I remember years ago, um, uh, it was on the Brian Kilmeade show, the morning show on Fox News. And uh, they had uh, one of the famous coaches. I don't remember which coach. And, he, and Brian was talking about how he was known for being a great motivator. I think it was a Chicago Bear coach he said he was just known as a great motivator. And you know what the word motivate means? It means to move people, right? The the root word, mote. What's that person's motive? What's their modus operandi? What is their motive? Why did he kill her? Why did he steal that money? They always want to find your motive. If you're into cars, like my son is, I'm really not. But you lift a car up and you want to know what kind of motor is in that thing. Because the motor moves that thing. So motivation. There are things that stir us up and move us. And there are things that shut us down and stop us. And you're in control of it all. See, I always talk about Dr. Viktor Frankl. Well, he is the father of logotherapy. He spent years in Auschwitz while the Nazis occupied it. He taught about man's will demeaning. And see, logotherapy is a term derived from logos, a Greek word that translates meaning. And of course, therapy is treatment, right? Dr. Viktor Frankl, the theory is founded on the belief that human nature is motivated by the search for a life's purpose. Logotherapy is a pursuit of meaning for one's life. Frankl's theories were heavily influenced by his personal experience of suffering and loss in Nazi concentration camps. Great book. I'd highly recommend it. Man's Search for Meaning. Dr. Frankel's Logotherapy is based on the premise that human person is motivated by will demeaning An inner pull to find a meaning in life. Basic principles of Logotherapy. Life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable, as we slaughter all these babies every single day economy is falling apart america's crumbling no more freedom of speech no more freedom of press none of that but hey you can get your abortions wherever you want it you might not be able to put food on the table but dang you can get an abortion whenever you want it see logo therapy says our main motivation for living is our will to find meaning in life and can you believe some people's meaning in life is to get an abortion that's what they're driven by it's the only thing that matters They'll vote for the destruction of our country as long as they can have sex with no consequences. Logotherapy says we have freedom to find meaning in what we do and what we experience. Or at least in the stand we take when faced with a situation of unchangeable suffering. According to Dr. Frankel, we can discover this meaning in life in three different ways. By creating a work or doing a deed. By experiencing something or encountering someone by the attitude we take toward unavoidable suffering. And see, today, if you're not a white person, then any suffering you have, you can blame on somebody else. Any suffering you have, any time you weren't successful, just blame it on your skin color. Any time you didn't get what you wanted, just blame it on who you share your bed with. Any time things didn't work out your way and you weren't queen or king for that day, blame it on that you're confused about what sex God made you. And see that you have no personal responsibility. You can be the victim. And a lot of people have no purpose in life. This whole pandemic showed it. Just if you give people money and let them stream and feed them, that's all they care about. Because now pot's legal and magic mushrooms are legal and all this stuff. So, man, my, my goal in life is to be happy. Man, it's hard to be motivated by just your goal in life to be happy. What's your reason? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again until one day you will find out if there is a God? So you got to know these existential questions. It's logotherapy. It's the meaning of life. Remember, I talked about one of the people that I, I counsel. I do life caddy work. She's her own boss. And so I said, I'm talking about her day because she's wasting a lot of time. She's dealing with procrastination. And so I want to break down her day, have her see what's going on. I can't answer her problems. I want her to see it because most people are deaf, numb, and blind. I told you that. Jesus said it. You have eyes, but do not see. You have ears, but do not not hear. You're always learning, but never learning. You're studying all this stuff, but never getting wiser. Why? Because one is surface, one is deep. One is gnosis, one is epigenosis. One is scuba diving, one is snorkeling. One is knowing a base understanding, and one is knowing and understanding of the point of application. And so I asked this person, When do you set an alarm? Do you ever set an alarm? And she said, Yes. And I said, When is that? And she basically said, When well, I have a reason to get out of bed. Isn't that incredible? Let me ask you something What's your reason for getting out of bed? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again? You must know your why to be all in. See, your heart's the source of energy. It's your energy source. All in means heart, body, and soul. See, there are two places to leave your stuff in this world because we all die empty-handed. We don't take anything with us. So there are two places to leave your stuff. You could either leave it on the table or you can leave it on the field. Leaving something on the table is a sales analogy. It means you could have gotten much more. You settled for good enough. Good enough to get by, good enough for government work, good enough so you can say you got to sell today. But the second place to leave your stuff is on the field. To spend yourself in a worthy cause. Like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. Today I'm asking you Mamba or Meatloaf? Mamba or Meatloaf? Kobe Bryant was known as the Black Mamba. And he was known for playing all out. We're going to talk about him after the break. And then Meatloaf is one of the most used leftovers. Meatloaf is leftovers. It's also a great guy who sung a great song or two. And today I'm going to ask you how you live in your life. Are you living your life in such a way that when you're in a box at the front of the room and people are talking about you, are they going to talk about you as a mamba? Or they going to talk about you some little leftover meatloaf that's settled for good enough. Good enough to get by. Good enough for government work. Good enough that he or she didn't walk out the door and take the kids with him. Meatloaf or Mamba? I'm Black. We'll be right back.
3: Really formalize and verbalize our values.
5: To learn more from Mr. Black, the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis is December 8th through the 10th.
3: Details at
5: likeitmatters.net.
2: We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR.
0: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's
2: JTRRoofingInc.com.
1: We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us.
4: Like it matters, radio, radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. And yes, I was just telling my producer, next week I'm coming to the Twin Cities. It'll be black in Minneapolis. Yes, it will be. I'll be right there, snow and all. I'll bring some warmth. I'll melt some snow for you guys. Uh, But we start class Thursday, December 8th. Uh man, you wanna get in that class. Your life will be forever changed. I can guarantee you one of the best Christmases, holiday seasons you've ever had, or maybe uh ever ha- had in twenty, thirty years. Uh you gotta clean up some things. You take your car in for a ninety thousand mile checkup. Come on. You've got a little mileage on you. Pull it off pull the car off the ra- the road of life, the highway of life. Come see the black man. Let me lift up the hood. Let me help you uh Kind of clean up some things going on in your head. The battles in the mind. Let me resuscitate that heart. Let's clean up some of Let's Scrape off some of that that, uh, foil. Or some of you got foil there. Maybe you got some iron there. Maybe you got some bricks that are ready to fall down. Man, just a little push will bring it all down. And then you get to experience the real you. She'll get to experience the real you. He'll get to experience the real you. You know, we're talking about Mamba. Meatloaf. I'm gonna explain why in a minute, but I gotta share a little personal thing. I wanna thank you guys. We had an incredible Giving Tuesday, and people are still giving. By the way, that link's still open. Uh, we generated uh, over four thousand dollars. I want you to know what that went to. Uh, I got a text here from Kawuki. Uh, I got pictures, and I wish I think my wife can post these on our website. But uh, we just finished the purchase uh, of some land for our orphanages in Uganda. It's not one of those big orphanages. I only got about 50 kids. There's four young men and a woman. I minister to them daily with the word of God. I keep them alive. We actually bought this piece of property, just closed the deal. And he's showing pictures with the signed contract. Uh, and the guy he bought it from is holding this stack of cash in his hands. It's a great picture. And he said, good morning to you, my beautiful brother. Now, his English is a little bit off, so just be prepared. It's a great blessing and joy in our hearts here with the children, glorifying God for such a blessing that you've done for us, my beautiful brother. Thanks very much for your continuous love and donations for the love of our children. To be honest, I can't believe that we now have our own land. We're going to be growing our own food. Brother, glory to God. You're such a blessing and hero to the world. Let the Almighty God keep you, keep blessing you for everything you've been doing for us in all of our hard times these last few years. God, please bless my beautiful brother for uplifting, expanding your love and gospel to your children who would have remained on streets. Give him all your heart's desires. I love you so much, my dear brother. You're such a special gift from God. In answer of our daily prayers, God bless you so very, very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Black Mubaraka. He added my, his last name to me, Mr. Black Mubaraka, for loving me and my families. And it was really pleasure to know we have our land and we are going to grow our own food. And he just tears, a bunch of emojis with tears flowing. Um, stirs me up. You know, that's why we got our 501c3. We, we, we're we changing lives. You know, we have 1,000 people I send out the Word of God to every day. Uh, we got our, uh, orphanages in Uganda. We have a family we support and put in school and take care of and feed and house, uh, in Gambia. Uh, we have our people there in India, uh, that we support. We, of course, we got Jimbo with Christ Satisfies Ministries. Came out of Minneapolis, moved over to Tampa Bay. He's one of our big ministries we support. So I want you to know, it's not just that, but it pays for this radio show. More importantly, all you that want to go to my training that say, uh, $2,000 too much, I can't afford that as you drive around your Lexus. Uh, you know, we never let money be a reason why we help people. God told me a long time ago, you see a need, you mean a need. So uh, probably about, uh, I don't know, a third of the people that go through my training, maybe even half, never pay me a penny. Uh, it is paid by scholarships by other people. So, uh, and there's a lot of money to pay a hotel and pay for all the materials and food. Uh, things are really expensive now. So anyways, I just want to thank you all. And it's part of what we're talking about today. Uh, You know, I I saw this article. It was from General Manager uh, Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors. This is Fox News, and he was complaining. This guy, I don't know who he is, but he was complaining. And I just cut a piece of the article out so you can see what I'm talking about. He says, quote, The Mamba mentality encompasses living with a purposeful intensity, being fully committed, and removing all self-doubt. He's talking about Kobe Bryant. He said Kobe Bryant built his legendary NBA career on a foundation of unwavering self-belief. Myers went on to say he becomes annoyed when he hears people utter the phrase. See, he's offended that somebody besides Kobe Bryant would claim Mamba mentality because Kobe Bryant's a god uh, to the woke. He's a god. Nobody should be allowed to say that. I'm sorry. This is what this guy believes, and he's king of the woke. Uh, Nobody should be allowed to say that. I'm sorry. There's nobody there like him. So Kobe Bryant uh, is Jesus to them. There's nobody else like him. When people say that, it bothers me. I'm like, I don't pretend like I do that, but I'm like, you don't get to say that. This is not a throwaway line. I'm sorry. But that went with him. Come on, come up with something else. Wow. I've never heard Kobe Bryant preach a message about God. Yeah, he helped people. A lot of people help people. A lot of evil people help people. They're doing it for their glory, for their name. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I want you to notice we all have a God. And all gods require sacrifice. This is why it's important. You gotta be all in. You gotta know who you're serving. You gotta know what your standard is. You gotta know what your values are. See, Myers does believe Bryant had the unique ability to take his opponent's will. See, this is what Kobe Bryant's known for, and this is what I, I don't like. So he goes on. So, what is Kobe Bryant known for? Why is Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, got king status? Uh, and it cracks me up because these are millionaire victims. Kobe Bryant was privileged as you can get. He was a gifted athlete. I remember hearing from high school in the NBA, LeBron James, gifted athlete, privileged beyond means, and they're out there playing millionaire victims. Stunning. Myers believes that Bryant had the ability, ready for this, take his opponent's will. Doesn't that sound like the world, the devil, our spiritual enemies, the deep state? Take your will. Resistance is futile. Give in, give up, surrender, no hope. I don't want to be around anybody that wants to do that to me. Many people's lives that I counsel and coach that I meet are like that. They've given up. They've given in. It's taken their will. They can't fight anymore. They've, they've unwillingly surrendered. They've just given up. And Myers went on to say, quote, not many guys want to take your will. A lot of guys want to beat you. Not many guys want to take your will and make it so you never even attempt it again. Like, how dare you try to beat me? How dare you think you're going to come out here and beat me? But nobody lives like that. That's what I'm saying. This is not normal. Stunning. So I want to know, why is he called the Mamba, the Black Mamba? So I looked up the Black Mamba because you got to know what words you're dealing with, right? you got to be able to think for yourself. So Black Mamba has quite a reputation. It's one of the world's deadliest snakes. It's the fastest land snake in the world. The longest species of venomous snakes in Africa and the second longest in the world. Isn't that stunning? The black, uh, the black mamba's reputation is not undeserved. Black mambas are extremely toxic and very fast snakes. They are highly aggressive when threatened, known to strike repeatedly and to inject a large volume of venom with each strike. Their venom is potentially lethal and through uh, anti venin exists, though an anti exists, it is not widely available in the black mamba's native habitat, the southern and eastern Africa. For this reason, they are considered a top killer in a land where nearly 20,000 people die from snake bites every year. Isn't that stunning? That's from Livescience.com. So you gotta know where you're going. So that's why he's called a mamba. He was deadly, he was a threat. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be known like that. Now, we're talking about meatloaf. So what's meatloaf? Meatloaf is a dish of ground meat that has been combined with other ingredients and formed in the shape of a loaf and then baked or smoked. The final shape is either hand-formed on a baking tray or a pan formed by cooking it in a loaf pan. Metaphorically, to me, it's leftovers. You know what meatloaf is to me? My childhood, poor white kid, leftovers. My mom would make a huge old pan of meatloaf and throw everything she had in. We didn't have much. Whatever it was, that's what it was. And then it would be eaten for the next three or four days, whether we liked it or not. Because it was cheap. And it was protein. See, Kobe Bryant was known for giving all out. What I call heart, body, and soul. See, to me, the definition of 100% is heart, body, and soul. Because if I take away your heart, I take away your body, and I take away your soul, what's left? But when I talk about meatloaf, I'm not just talking about the leftovers. I'm talking about Michael Lee Aday. Michael Lee Aday, known professionally as Meatloaf, was an American rock singer and actor. He was noted for his powerful, wide-ranging voice in theatrical live shows. He is on the list of best-selling musical artists. And the reason I bring that up, one of my favorite songs, I think it was uh, some, um, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Maybe it maybe, wasn't. it? He said, I'll do anything for love. Talk about how in love he was. I'll do anything for love. If you remember the song, but I won't do that. See, when someone has committed a heart, body, and soul, when they got that mamba mindset, that mamba, I should say, black mamba, right? <laughs> or mamba, whatever the pronunciation is, uh, nothing's going to stop you. You're not going to be denied. You're going to get knocked down. You might be attacked, but you're going to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again. But if you're selling for meatloaf, you're getting leftovers. Good enough, G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough for government work, good enough for tenure, good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door, leave a note on the wall and take the kids with them. And see, good enough is when you start justifying things. When you start looking for reasons why not, why you can't do something instead of why you can do something or why you will do something. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. See, when you know why you're here, when you know whose you are, you know where you're going, then there is nothing that you won't do. I've heard a lot of people say, man, I would die for that person. I would die for my faith. But I'm going to ask you what. When you die for something, you die one time to it. I'm going to ask you something different. Are you willing to live for it? Because living for it is getting up each day, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, hit again. And if you do that, you need to be motivated. But you gotta figure out what's driving you. What's driving you? What's the end look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? You gotta begin with the end in mind. When this whole thing is written, when your book is complete, what do you want said about you? Are you a Mamba or Meatloaf? I'm Black. We'll be right back.
5: Leadership awakening even impacts the season pros. Take a listen at these comments from Kevin who recently attended Leadership
3: Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that forty eight hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was gonna be, that it was gonna be difficult and I mean I walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness.
5: If you're ready to go to the next level of awareness, then go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, December 8th through the 10th.
6: Details at likeitmatters.net sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app Did you know that the Freedom 1570 mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on the app that will automatically start streaming Freedom 1570 at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake up with Matt Ray or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free Freedom 1570 app today.
1: TheFishTwinCities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary Christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mac, For King and Country, and many more. Stream along at TheFishTwinCities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker.
3: Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my
4: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, living live, like it matters. And ladies and gentlemen, we're coming back to Minneapolis. We'll be there next week, December 8th through 10th, our last class of the year. Uh, go to likeitmatters.net and read about it. I will be up there the following week as well. We're going to do actually all my shows the following week live uh, from Minneapolis, uh, from the studio there, uh, and we'll have graduates from the uh, recent class and, and uh We'll have a lot of locals join us because, uh, we love being a part of the Minneapolis community. Uh, I believe we're making a difference and I want to thank you all for investing because that's what you do with your time. You invest. And that's what our lives come down to. What are the choices? What are we choosing to do with our time? And what are we choosing? Which type of people are we choosing to elevate as a role model? Here's an article written, uh, in uh, 2006 by David Boaz called The Man Who Would Be, Who Would Not Be King the man who would not be king. George Washington is the face on the $1 bill and these days, the smiling face of presidents day sales. Most of us know he was the first president of the United States, but why is that important? What else do we know about him? George Washington was the man who established the American Republic. He led the Revolutionary Army against the British Empire. He served as the first president. Most importantly, he stepped down from power. In an era of brilliant men, Washington was not the deepest thinker. He never wrote a book or even a long essay, unlike George Mason, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Adams. But Washington made the ideas of the American founding real. He incarnated liberal and Republican ideas in his own person, and he gave them effect through the revolution, the Constitution, his successful presidency. And his departure from office, notice how he keeps saying that, showing the quality of this man by his willingness to walk away from power. Continuing on with the article, it says, What's so great about leaving office? Surely it matters more what a president does in office. But think about other great military commanders and revolutionary leaders before and after Washington. People like Caesar, Cromwell, Napoleon, Lenin. They all seized the power they had won and held it until death or military defeat. John Adams said he was the best actor of presidency we ever had. Indeed, Washington was a person very conscious of his reputation, who worked all his life to develop his character and his image. In our own time, Joshua Micah Marshall writes of America's first president, it was all a put-on, an act. Marshall missed the point. Washington understood that character is something you develop. He learned from Aristotle that good conduct arises from habits, and in turn can only be acquired by repeated action and correction. We are what we repeatedly do. Indeed, the word ethics comes from the Greek word for habit. We say something is second nature because it's not actually natural. It's a habit we've developed. From reading the Greek philosophers and the Roman statesmen, Washington developed an understanding of character— in particular, the character appropriate to a gentleman in a republic of free citizens. What values did Washington's character express? He was a farmer, a businessman, an enthusiast for commerce. As a man of enlightenment, he was deeply interested in scientific farming. His letters on running Mount Vernon are longer than letters on running the government. Of course, in 19- 1795, more people worked at Mount Vernon than the entire executive branch. That's, that's a parenthetical note. He was also liberal, a tolerant man. In a famous letter to the Jewish congregation in Newport, Rhode Island, he held the liberal policy of the United States on religious freedom as worthy of emulation by other countries. He explained it is now no it is now no more that toleration is spoken of as if it were the indulgence of one class of people that another enjoyed the exercise of their inherent natural rights. For, happily, the government of the United States, which gives to bigotry, no sanction, to persecution, no assistance, requires only that they who live under its protection should demean themselves as good citizens. That's his standard. And most notably, he held Republican values. That is, he believed in a republic of free citizens with a government based on a consent and established to protect the rights of life, liberty, and property. From his Republican values, Washington derived his abhorrence of kingship, even for himself. The writer Gary Wills called him a virtuoso of resignations. Quote, he gave up power not once, but twice. He gave it up at the end of the Revolutionary War when he resigned his military commission and returned to Mount Vernon, and again at the end of his second term as president when he refused entreaties to seek a third term. In doing so, he set a standard for American presidents that lasted until the presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whose taste for power was stronger than the 150 years of precedent set by Washington. Give the last word to Washington's great adversary, King George III. The king asked his American painter, Benjamin West, what Washington would do after winning independence. Are you ready what the George said? King George III said this he will return to his farm. If he does that, the incredulous Mark said, he will be the greatest man in the world. See, the world glorifies people like Kobe Bryant. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Good ball player. But now it's ripping down statues of George Washington. Calling him names. He gave up everything. George Washington lived heart, body, and soul. He gave up his wealth. He gave up his health. He gave up power. He gave up a kingship. He's not looking to be King LeBron James. He's working to be a farmer. He just did his job. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I think it was Kennedy, JFK, who said that. See, ladies and gentlemen, it goes down to drivers. What's driving you? What's your standard? See, you've got to have a standard. For mine, it's the Word of God. And we live in a world today that's telling you that's a joke. We live in a world today that's wanting to force these things on you. You've got to think for yourself. You don't have to think like me. This is not about you thinking like me. Albert Einstein defined education as training the brain to think, to process. He said it wasn't the learning of mere facts and figures. Did you see this thing in the paper the other day? Appeals court says Air Force wrongly relied on broad formula to deny religious objections of Vax mandate. The lawsuit represents over 10,000 unvaccinated Air Force members who were submitted a religious exemption to Vax. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals on Thursday upheld an injunction protecting unvaccinated Air Force workers, uh, service members from being punished or involuntarily terminated. Isn't it amazing? These people are being threatened. These people are being kicked out if they don't get a jab. A jab that we now know doesn't guarantee you not to get the thing. It might help you not get it as severe. Might. The people that are dying today from COVID are the vaccinated. Look it up. I'm sure someone's going to ban this and say, oh, but no, it's true. Follow the science. The three, this guy, 30 years old, head of a cryptocurrency, $3 billion company. This guy's name is Tiantian Kulander. Tiantian Kulander, founder of crypto company valued at three billion, dies unexpectedly at age thirty. Isn't that nice? Age thirty. And remember the other guy who funded all the Democratic campaigns, who lost a billion dollars or three billion dollars in one day? You know the one that has all the Democrats funding and all that that no one's hearing about, that took millions of people's money and just spent it, you'll never hear about him again. That's funny, he's in his 30s, big Democratic supporter too. See, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta think for yourself. You gotta find out what motivates you. If you still want to fit in this world and you're a child of God, you're in the wrong place. See, you gotta know what happens. See, it comes down to this neuroassociative conditioning. There are two driving forces in life. I've talked about this there's a desire for pleasure, the avoidance of pain. And what you can do is you can set up associative conditioning with these things. You can decide what you want to do and figure out what's holding you back. And the key is how you map in your mind. You've got to make one a positive, a huge payoff, and actually mentally rehearse that. And then you've got to make one a negative, a, a negative payoff, something you don't want. And you got to mentally rehearse that because when you get all through the philosophical mumbo-jumbo, all through the uh, the people who are you know just reading something on Medical MD and then telling you what to do, It comes down to this. You're either moving towards something or you're moving away from something. And today I'm gonna ask you, what are you moving toward? And what are you moving away from? Are you moving toward being the best version of yourself? And is that best version of yourself more like a Kobe Bryant or more like a George Washington? More like a Scott Black? Or more like this cryptocurrency guy? who funded all the Democratic funding and then lost a billion dollars and cost millions of people their life savings. Which one are you? And what are you going to move away from? you going to move away from complacency? Move away from things in this world? you got to figure this out. Who are you? Why are you here? What do you want? How do you want to be remembered? These are existential questions. Go to likeitmatters.net, check it out, and listen daily, Monday through Friday, right here for Like It Matters Radio. If you miss the show, go to likeitmattersradio.com. I'm Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.